presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Podcast Monday after the Super Bowl. Nick Costos in Florida, Will Brinson and Pete Prisco, both still in Minneapolis as the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are world champions, a 41-33 victory in Super Bowl 52 over Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, one of the best Super Bowls of all time. Congratulations to the Eagles. We're going to cover it from every single angle. But guys, I think we got to start with um with the greatness of the guy that I have dubbed the fourth down god. Doug Peterson, Will and Pete. What a masterful, masterful coaching performance by Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and before we do that, I would well, – Go Pete, ahead, Nick. I, I don't know if you know. I picked the Eagles to win, so I want my victory lap. Fly, Take Eagles, fly. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. You, you, the only reason you picked them to win is so you could get, you get, get more clicks. You didn't really believe it. We know that. You didn't believe I mean, it. it. I Yes, I did. I picked it to win. I picked it to win the podcast. I put my he, heart. He also money picked on the, the Jaguars, Eagles. by the way. He also picked the Jaguars to beat the Patriots, also. So it, there is precedent set for Will making picks like that. I believe him. Yeah, and and I picked the Eagles to beat the Vikings. I mean, like I picked the Eagles to beat the Patriots, and it happened. I mean, like that's not. It's not like it's. It's not like it's some fluke. I mean, the Eagles were. Well, you act like they were. You act like they were fifteen points. You act like they were fifteen point underdogs or something. What that means is they were they were five point underdogs. It's not like you went out on a, like when the Giants beat the the Patriots. Come on, we'll give you credit. Well, you, you, what, well what, did, what did I do? Did I do it for clicks or that, was it just an easy pick? I mean, what was it? Probably a combination of the two. Knowing you, <laughs> <laughs> can it just be? Can it just be? I was right, and I do believe that that means. The only man to win both the regular season and the postseason picks contest. Yours, truly. What a day it is uh, in the Brinson household. Truly honored. But yeah, look, the Doug Peterson stuff. Doug ha- Doug Peterson has some a, a massive pair of onions on him, and nothing was. You know, I mean, I wrote about it, and I wasn't alone. There's a lot of people who wrote about this play, but the Philly special which was the name they had for that play where um, Corey Clement takes a direct snap, pitches to Trey Burton, and then Trey Burton throws it to a wide open Nick Foles in the end zone to call that play on fourth and one um, in a Super Bowl. You know, when you're, when you are an underdog, I mean, you're not, you know, you're not 15 point underdogs, but you're, you're going against the Patriots. Every point matters. People thought that they should kick right there. I thought they should go. I didn't think they should go and do that. And, I think that what you see with Doug Peterson and his aggressive play calling and his willingness to to lay it you know to lay it all out there to go for broke to be as aggressive as he is it permeates that entire roster and you get these guys believing in it um, over the course of the season the postseason excuse me the Eagles went twenty six for forty three on third down. A 60.4%, and they went three of three on fourth down. This is a team, I mean, those are incredible numbers over the course of a full postseason, and they did it without Carson Wentz, who was great at converting third downs all year. And I, I think that Doug Peterson's aggressiveness on fourth down and willingness to, to go for it also 
allows the Eagles to be a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more secure on their third down plays, knowing that even if they come up a little bit short, that he's going to be willing to give it a shot on fourth down. And, and you know, you saw it again and again, the throw to Zach Ertz on that fourth and one when with timeouts, you know, trailing by one point around midfield, a, a lot of coaches in the NFL would have punted. And Doug Peterson isn't one of those guys. And I, I think it paid off huge dividends for he and the Eagles with that, with the Super Bowl win on, on Sunday night. Look, look, it's always refreshing to see a coach who doesn't coach scared. You know, a lot of guys get in a big game or against Belichick and they look across the sideline and they're scared. Doug Peterson wasn't scared. I mean, he told the team Saturday night, Lane Johnson said that. He said, look, we're going to play aggressively. I'm not going to change what I'm doing. And players respond to that. I will say this, though. He, uh, he almost got uh, caught up in his aggressiveness, aggressiveness by, going for, uh, by going for two when he should have kicked the extra point uh, in, after the second touchdown. Because, look, they were, they were down by a point late in the game. That matters. So, you got to be careful how you be aggressive, but I, I applaud him too. I'm with the, I'm with you, Will. I thought it was a great game plan. Um, I just want I want to say a couple things about Peterson. Number one, I've already eaten crow for my preseason take on Peterson that at some point he was going to make a decision that would screw the Eagles over. I mean, you couldn't have been more wrong if you had tried to about a take than I was about that one. Because not only did Peterson not <laughs> foul it up in the big spot, but he was nails in the big spot. I mean. They don't win the Super Bowl without him. This guy was unbelievable. It's one of the great coaching jobs, I think. And I and I thought I, we had some time to process this. We're doing this Monday morning. I think this is one of the great coaching jobs in the history of the National Football League. Like in the top five, maybe, for a single season. Starting left tackle down. Starting middle linebacker down. You lose Darren Sproles. You lose the MVP candidate at quarterback. Tom Brady throws for 500 yards and no interceptions in the Super Bowl. And you still somehow manage to win. And I had no problem, by the way, with the two-point call that, that Pete, you just criticized. And here's why. He was playing true to form. That's what he's done all season. He's been hyper-aggressive. He was hyper-aggressive the whole game. So I can't bang on him for it. I mean, it ended up working because they won the Super Bowl. And just a 10 out of 10, an A-plus for Doug Peterson. I just I, I can't say enough about what a job that he did, how impressed I am with, with what he did. And the Eagles have got a a superstar top five NFL head coach now for years to come. I, I will say on the two point conversion and I, I'm with Pete on this one. I mean, like you don't want to, you don't want to ding Doug. Like you want to get Doug Peterson an overall good grade without getting into too much minutiae. And I was having an argument with some friends over tech. He gets an A. Um, from the he game. He gets an A, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't a, even he gets an A plus. Yeah. He gets an A plus, 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 plus. I mean, we won the Super Bowl for the Eagles. I mean, we beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, with a backup. The, the two point conversion thing with the backup quarterback, right, and and, and a, like a backup left tackle, lost a star linebacker, um, only got one vote for coach of the year. The the, the thing that the other two point conversion though, like it, it wasn't even being aggressive. It just it didn't make sense. Like you missed an extra point, but just you know, but you're kicking extra points. You don't need to chase points in that moment. Um, and, and unless there was some situation where he didn't believe. Or he, he was worried Jake Elliott was shaky or, or there was something he saw in special teams that caused him to believe a two-point conversion had a greater conver- you know, greater conversion attempt to, or percentage than the, the extra point. It just didn't seem like a time to do it. And, and, I mean, at the end of the day, baby, Pete's right. You know, there was a situation where the Eagles were down one point late in the game and needed to come back to win, and it would have been tied if they just kicked that. Uh, th- there was also a point where they were up eight and the Patriots are going for that Hail Mary and – they would have been up nine, and the Super Bowl would have been over uh, had he kicked it. I get that. I get that things unfold differently throughout the course of games, but that that, that in particular, you know, 
it's nitpicking, but that was yeah, like a, a straight. You do have to think about those things eventually when you're coaching. Look, I love the aggressiveness. Yeah. I love his play calling. I mean, the guy's play calling is fantastic. He's not scared of anything. And, and I, I really believe that a lot of it has to do with who he and Frank Reich are. Remember, they're both backup quarterbacks. When they came into games, they wanted to run the same offense that the regular quarterbacks ran. Probably in other, some situations that didn't happen. It happened in Buffalo with Reich. Um, but so what? You go in there, you want to be free and loose. And he allowed Nick Foles to be free and loose, even though he was a backup quarterback. Most coaches in the league would not do that. And, you know, it, it runs in kind of in stark contrast, right, to Peterson's mentor, Andy Reid, who obviously had a great run in Philadelphia, is in the midst of a pretty good run right now in Kansas City. But Andy Reid, 14 years, no Super Bowl titles, gets to a Super Bowl, loses to Belichick, plays ultra-conservative, and, and especially down the stretch in that, that infamous drive when they seemed to, when they thought they were up by 10 instead of down by 10. And now this runs so contrary that Peterson now, who was once the apprentice, has now surpassed the master. And I don't think there's any question about it. And, and one, uh, one, one other coaching note when it comes to the Eagles, uh, Chris Brown, who's at Smart Football on Twitter, I, I think noticed this at first. But one of the plays that you saw the Eagles kept running was this, uh, was this mesh um, sort of uh, like mesh play that involves the halfback getting out on the out down the sideline and sort of a, a wheel route type of thing, and it's a, it was a staple from the Chip Kelly uh, coaching era. So it's, it's, it's hilarious to see Doug Peterson, you know, take and I think it speaks to his coaching though. You know, he's taking what he learned from Andy Reid, he's taking his own experience, he's taking what Frank Wright um, has helped him learn, and he is you know he's taking stuff uh, from from Chip Kelly from the college game from the pro game, and he's blending it all together. And it, it made that offense just, you know, outstanding. You can't say enough about um, the utilization of guys like Corey Clement, you know, on, on these on these little wheel routes on the outside that, that that gave Nick Foles open looks. But you also can't say enough about what Nick Foles did because, man, he threw into some tight windows in that game. That, that Clement touchdown pass was a, a dime. And, you know, the Austin Jeffrey made a great catch on on that first touchdown. Uh, reception in the first quarter to send the first quarter over nine and a half points. Boo! Um, but uh, yeah, and, but it was a great throw from from Foles as well. And, and then I thought that you know in in Pete, I'd be curious your thoughts on Foles' performance here too because he looked a little like Wentz, like he was sort of a Carson Wentz hologram. He was moving around, he was avoiding the pressure, he was using his feet to keep plays alive, and then he was throwing down the field. It, it, it wasn't. It was. It was almost like there was a huge drop off for the Eagles at the position. Look, hey, I'm the first guy. I sent out many a tweet saying there's no chance Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, okay? I mean, I did it. I said when, when Wentz went down that he wasn't going to win. I said when, when uh, before the playoffs, every team in the NFC will be happy that he's, uh, he's the starting quarterback. I mean, my word, he made me look bad. But, I, again, I go back to what Doug Peterson said and did which was to be aggressive and allow your quarterback to play quarterback. If he got in there and decided Nick Foles was going to run the ball and do all this other stuff, they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. Kudos to Doug Peterson. But you also got to give credit to Nick Foles. Uh, you know, look, he's a really good dude. And when a guy like that wins the Super Bowl and outduels Tom Brady, that's the thing. You, if you would have said Tom Brady threw for 505 yards uh, and they didn't punt, you would have said, you know what, good luck with that, Nick Foles. And he beat him. He beat him in a shootout. Um, I, we'll get into Foles in a second here, and, and I actually disagree with the Foles out, out-dueling Tom Brady thing. But Foles was great. It's nothing to take away from him. I thought Brady was better. We'll get to that in a second. I will, one last note on Doug Peterson. The fourth down call at the end of the first half, the Philly special, the, the Trey Burton pass to Nick Foles in the end zone. 
So, Pete, as football historians, right, I'm trying to think about where that call ranks in the greatest calls in Super Bowl history. I think it's right up there with the Sean Payton onside kick. You know, any call, great gutsy coaching call that you can remember in the history of the Super Bowl, that's up there at the top of the list. And as far, as far as I can remember, I mean, you could even make the argument, I mean, that, that's, that's basically the Sean Payton onside kick to open up the second half. I mean, that's, that is one of the great calls in the history of the National Football League. And I want to make sure that we don't gloss over it, give it its proper love, because without that play, Philly probably doesn't win the game. And it was classic Peterson, and they emptied the, the playbook, and it was the same play, basically, that the Patriots had run earlier in the game, and Brady drops the pass. I mean, you can't script this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. That goes down in history. I mean, that is a legendary moment. Yeah, and yeah, it's worth noting I don't think that it was his, um, none of – go ahead, Pete, sorry. I don't think it was as risky as the onside kick because the onside kick, you get the ball right there at midfield. If they don't get it, they get the ball back in there, but – it was a great offensive play call. In this, which I, I'll be honest with you, I would have kicked. I, I'm, you know me, I take the points there. But uh, but that's not I, his look, MO, though. Don't you, but like, no, I, I, feel know. Like, I feel like if he kicked, like he deserved to be criticized for it if he kicked. Because that hasn't been his, his MO all season and, or last season. Like he stayed true to form, and that's what I think is so cool about the whole thing. And that's why, like, even as a lifelong Giants fan and I grew up hating the Eagles, like – I, all I can do is find myself like in awe of what they were able to accomplish and like tons of respect for Doug Peterson because this was like, I mean, you can't, like I, I keep saying it, but you can't script what this guy was able to do. I mean, he, he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. I mean, God bless Nick Foles, but Doug Peterson was the MVP of this game. You know, you can make a case and it's pretty wild that, and I get that lots of other stuff happened in the second half and, and at the end of the day, you know, it came down to an incredible play by Brandon Graham to finally get home and sack Tom Brady, um, Derek Barnett recovering the fumble, you know, the, the whatever happened on that Hail Mary. A reminder that anything goes on a Hail Mary. Don't worry about pass interference when Aaron Rodgers throws it up, just knock somebody down. Um, but I, I think that it is pretty insane when you think about how this game may really have shifted on two, not, not two quarterback throws, but two quarterback catches. Right, because when you look at that play that the, the Patriots ran, and it was a it was a bold call on third down. They have Danny Amendola throwing an over the shoulder pass to Tom Brady. It was a it was a pretty good pass, and it was nearly a really good catch. And Tom Brady was wide open. He caught it in practice, and he drops it. And then all of a sudden, it's fourth down. The Patriots go for it. They don't get it. And next thing you know. Uh, like three or four plays later, the Eagles are marching down, or they're just in the end zone. I mean, they hit Alshon Jeffrey down the field, and then like Garrett Blunt sprints in on a 21-yard rumble, and all of a sudden the Eagles score, and then they double down and score again on a, on a quarterback catch. It's pretty insane that that Super Bowl, which, Pete, you're the historian um, by default age and whatnot, but that has to go down to maybe like a top five Super Bowl. I mean, I don't, I'm like, I don't know how it could not. I, I feel like, I feel like it's one of the best. It's one of the best. Three last four Super Bowls have been three of the five greatest Super Bowls ever to happen. And they've all involved the Patriots. There's always drama. And it's insane to me that one of these incredible games where you pointed out, no, no, the Patriots didn't punt, right? The Patriots didn't punt. Tom Brady threw for 500 wow. yards, set a Super Bowl record for passing yards, had three touchdowns, got the ball twice okay. with two minutes and twenty two two minutes and twenty one seconds left, and they lost. And it might have come down to a, to him missing a catch. 
Princeton, you spent too much time with JLC this week. You're blabbering today. <laughs> I mean, it was an incredible Super Bowl. I mean, my God. <laughs> what, is, what is going on with you today? I can't, you can't, nobody can get in word in edgewise with you. What's the matter with you today? I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the Super Bowl. I'm not, you know, I'm not. All right. Pete, 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 give your take on, was this the best Super Bowl of all time? It's one of them. I mean, it, look, it, look, how do you, he went to overtime last year. It's hard to, you know, outdo that one. And they came back from 25 down. I mean, a couple of years ago, you had to play on the goal line, uh, you know, against Seattle. No, it's hard to say it's the best. It's in the top five. I don't think there's any question about that. Hey, Nick, how do you put it over the Giants upsetting the, the, the undefeated team the way they did? Well, so, I mean, I, mean well, I, I think as far as like, a, okay, so this quick note on Super Bowls, and then we'll get back into game analysis here. So like people like the Rams Titans Super Bowl, right? And Super Bowl 42 kind of falls in the same boat. Super Bowl 42 more dramatic for obvious reasons. Super Bowl 42 was a fairly boring, nondescript game for three quarters and then picked up in the fourth quarter. The Rams Titans Super Bowl was a fairly nondescript, boring game and then picked up in the fourth quarter. What this game had though was action. It was basically white knuckle from start to finish. So that's why I think almost, yeah. I mean, I'm biased, obviously, as a Giants fan. And look, that had more historical ramifications. But as far as like an actual 60-minute football game is concerned, I think this one's up there. Uh, look, Super Bowl 25, I think it's the perfect game. No turnovers. I, that's still my favorite game of all time. Giants beat the Bills 20 to 19. But um, this one's up there, man. As far as quality of game that was played, what more can you ask for? You had points. You had drama. You had the quarterbacks. You had the coaches. Just, just terrific stuff. I mean, the Super Bowl no, 52 no, is one no. of the games. Yeah, but no defense, no sacks. You know, I mean, it was it was from from that. It was like a seven on seven game broke out on the field. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love offensive football. This is right up my alley. But but you can see why defensive purists would think it wasn't a good game, right? Yeah, and that's all it was. The, the, better offense. The difference the difference in this game and and maybe like you pointed out the the. The Rams Titans game didn't get good to the fourth quarter. I mean, the, the Falcons Patriots game wasn't exactly exciting in the first half. It was more of a Schadenfreude, like, hey, the you know the, the Patriots dynasty is getting blasted. Uh, that you know than it was anything else. And and this was what do we have? We had two missed kicks, a, a, a doink field goal, um, and you know, and and two quarterback reception attempts uh, in the first half. And then the second half was just sort of a you know, a, a just a shootout. I mean, it, it was it was it was wild from start to finish, and I think that you know you have to factor that into it when you talk about where it ranks. I, I, I don't want to rank it the greatest quarter, the greatest Super Bowl ever the day after because that feels like a knee jerk reaction, but it, it's up there. All right, so let's let's get into Nick Foles now. Um, Pete, you weren't the only one that hey, said you the, thought they were done. Go ahead, I have Will. A what do you got, for Pete? Yes. Actually, I have a question for Pete. What? What yes. do you do? The Patriots win if Malcolm Butler plays. Yeah, you can't say that. You can't, you can't. You just can't say that. I mean, look, Eric Rowe had a rough go of it, but you can't. I mean, who knows? No, I mean, it's a, it's a weird coaching decision, and uh, you know, there's talk that he missed the play. You know, he did miss the plane coming to the Super Bowl, and who knows? Maybe he was, uh, you know, did some other things during the week. But uh, look, you got to play him. I'm sorry, you got. You're you're doing. If if, if he didn't you know, take part in practice or he was, you know, sitting on the sidelines or whatever all week. But that's not what the case was. Everybody said he was prepared and ready to go. So in that situation, if you're the greatest coach of all time, you have to play him. I'm sorry, you have to play him. 
you can't, you know, this isn't a game to be sending a message when these guys have worked their whole year off to get to that spot and you get to send a message. So we don't know exactly what happened, uh, but it's clear that something happened with Malcolm Butler. But no, they, you can't say that they would, would or wouldn't win the game. By the way, I, I love this, Pete. We've got ver- verbal diarrhea, Brinson, who also tells me before the podcast, which, which I am, which I'm leading and have a rundown for. You just take us to where you want to go, and now is taking us in two different directions, two separate times. We're going to get to Malcolm Butler in a second here, but Nick Foles here, Will. <laughs> how about how about Nick Foles, Will? What about Nick Foles' performance before we get back to Belichick and Malcolm Butler? I, I, I thought we'd already talked about Nick Foles, so I wanted to make sure we kept it moving and kept it fresh. But Nick Foles is incredible. I mean, like I said, he you know, he threw in the tight windows. He executed the Doug Peterson offense perfectly. He wasn't shy on third down and fourth down about making big plays. Um, you, you know, I, I, went, I found Jeff Lurie was in the Eagles locker room after the game and, uh, you, know, just, you know, down there doing some original reporting. You know how it is, Pete. And – and and Larry, hey, it's good to see, I, I good to see you down there. By the way, it was good to see you down <laughs> it was good there. To, it was good to see you too down there, Pete. Um, and, uh, and I asked Larry, I was like, you know, were you surprised? In you know, not you know, not part of the staff, not part of the the call that you know the, the Philly special. Were you surprised to see that unfold? He goes, no, that play had been working all week, and Nick would have caught it one handed. <laughs> the, the, the 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 confidence that everyone in that organization had in Nick Foles, a backup quarterback who thought about retiring, you know, two years ago, it it was remarkable. And I think Foles was the easy choice for MVP. I don't know. I think, I think they keep him around. I don't know why you would, I don't know. You know, Doug Peterson was asked if if Carson Wentz is a starter and he he didn't, he didn't answer, but come on. Um, but I do think serious? Nick falls around. Yeah, I mean, he, he was like, oh, we're just going to enjoy the enjoy the game. Um, I mean, look, Carson Wentz is a starter. I mean, let's, let's be real. But I think I think the the play of Nick Foles down this stretch and the fact that you have him under contract for one more year is is huge because now you can really be patient with Carson Wentz's recovery. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him uh, because of that. I mean, it's to the timetable isn't great on Carson Wentz. Even if he, even if he's a fast healer, he's going to be iffy for the open of the season. So you got to keep him. But, but here's the other thing about Nick Foles. Look, I, I, when he went 27 and two that one year, I was the one, I was one of the few out there that was saying, look, this is an aberration. It's not going to continue to happen. And he became who he was. Now he had a great playoff run coached by a great team schemed up early in that. Remember early in the Falcons game, he wasn't very good. They schemed him up and got him going. He played great against the Vikings. He was fantastic against the, against the uh, Patriots, but can you count on that going forward? Is he a guy? He was oh, a he's a starting player. quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL at this point, not for the Eagles. And I, and I'll tell you what, I, it may not be the best business decision, but I'm, like, who cares about business at this point? If you're the Eagles, you got to do right by this guy. He won you a world championship, like the first Super Bowl in franchise history. Trade Nick Foles to a team that will pay him money to start. Like, you got to do right by – Nick Foles cannot be back next year as the backup quarterback for this team. He deserves to be starting next year in the National Football League. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, but he's good enough that he should be starting. And I think he proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I hate let it. Me, let me ask you this. If you were the Jacksonville Jaguars, would you trade for him? I mean, trade for him and, like, he's going to have to compete for the job. I don't think you hand him the keys to the castle, right? You'd have to compete with Bortles if you're bringing Bortles back. But you don't think Nick Foles deserves to be a starting quarterback right now in the NFL? I mean, after what we just saw? I mean, that's pretty unbelievable, right? And this wasn't Jeff Hostetler in 1990 against the Bills. This was a guy that came in and won the frickin' game. He was the MVP of the game. He was outstanding. 
He was, but it's again, it's a short, you know, window to look at. And and let's face it, against the Falcons, if Keanu Neal picks up the ball, it might not be. And you can say that about a lot of games, but he wasn't very good that day. And Whatever. he was very good against. If I mean, Tucker only gets the ball, maybe the dynasty doesn't start. I, know that. I mean, you, you, you wanna, can't go you back to hand the keys. Nick, you want to hand the keys over to Nick, Nick Bowles? Or you're, would you, okay, you're the Giants. If you're the Giants, you want Nick Bowles? For what? I mean, they have the second pick in the draft. Well, they wouldn't get Nick Bowles. That's not, that's not a team that would be applicable for it. Well, but I mean, I'm just but, saying, but, as a fan of the Giants, I, 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 I don't think he's going to a five-year, hundred-billion-dollar contract. But I mean, you don't think Nick Bowles could get a Mike Glennon contract somewhere? Like a prove-it deal yeah. for two years? to be the starter and then go from there. I mean, the guy is clearly one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? I mean, can we can we say that at this point confidently after what we just saw? No, you can't. That is an outrageous what? assertion. You can't. I mean, he, he's probably in the debate at the, you know, the same conversation with, 50, you know, with 25 on down. But uh, look, look, he's better than Deshaun Kaiser, but he's a kid. He's, he's, who else is he better than right now? I'd take him over Tannehill. Yeah, I take him over Tyron Taylor. How about I'd probably take him over Flacco at this point? How about that? And I love Flacco, and you know I love Flacco. I'd probably take him over Andy Dalton at this point because Nick Foles has got big old grapefruits, and he showed them to you. And I realize that's probably got something to do with Doug Peterson, but man, I mean, what more does this guy have to do at this point? I mean, he just he just won the freaking Super Bowl. I mean, and like, and we're talking he's gonna be the he's gonna be the backup next year. Are you guys nuts? Well, let me let me ask you this: what, what if what if Nick Foles doesn't want to leave? And I, I'm not suggesting he doesn't want to play, but I am suggesting that you know it's a grass is greener situation. Don't you think Nick Foles would rather stay in Philly and 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 work with a quarterback room and a team that he no. loves and a team that no. just won a Super Bowl? No. What would you want to do? What would you want to do? What's the play? What's the play? Would you rather go to Cleveland or would you rather? His legacy is his legacy is secure. I mean, who cares? Nick Foles could retire now and never play another down or play another ten years, throw a hundred interceptions and no touchdowns, and his legacy is still secure. So who cares if he goes to Cleveland at this point? It's like he's going to Cleveland and he like needs to like he still needs to like define his legacy. Like his legacy is defined already. It's over. It's done. He's not he's not trying to he's not trying to define his legacy. He's I mean he's got a Super Bowl now. He's already rich. He signed he signed huge contracts before. Do you Winston, want to be happy? He wants or do you to want to be play. miserable playing in Cleveland. He want to play. I, I don't think I don't think well, I don't care if you play I don't think in, it's that clear cut. Playing for the Moscow Mules. You want to play. Well, well, all right. So you're, you would you would rather be a backup after after winning the Super Bowl than go play somewhere else. I would rather be a backup in Philly than be a starter in Cleveland. That's yeah, that speaks volumes about that, you. It's kind of it's, it's an insane comment. It speaks volumes of it's it speaks volumes about the, the situation that Cleveland has. Um, you you go there with if you're that guy, you go there with the idea that I'm going to be the guy turning it around. Well, you'd rather sit on the bench and watch Carson Wentz play than than, than turn it around. For instance, what is wrong? I, I, I mean, he would. I feel like I feel like went, this question look, has to be asked. This question that I'm going to ask has to be asked. I think we know the answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If Carson Wentz never got hurt, did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. Like, like, like no, no question, no question about it, right? Yeah, of course they win I the agree. Super Bowl. Yes. I agree. I mean, they were the best team all season long, and I mean, I, I mean, they would have been favored in this game, and they probably would have, I don't know, about pummeled the Patriots, but they would have won in similar fashion um, with with Carson Wentz. 
Um, so I think the next step of this, right, for us to hit is the Patriot side of it. Um, we're going to get to Belichick in a second and the Malcolm Butler decision and deeper into that. And really, I thought was an odd sort of coaching game plan from Belichick and Matt Patricia. Um, yeah, good luck with Detroit with the Matt Patricia hire um, after what we just saw. Um, Tom Brady was sensational, guys, and he was not the reason why they lost this game. Like, if you had said beforehand, Tom Brady's going to throw for 500 yards, multiple touchdowns. I don't know if you ever if you had three or four off the top of my I think it was three. No interceptions of the three. Patriots, and they would hunt, and the Patriots would lose the game. I mean, it's insane. Brady was as good as ever, and at age 40, of course he's coming back next year, and he's going to be the front-runner for MVP again next year. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Even though they, even in defeat, I feel like this guy raised his legacy up another bar. Yeah, oh, I don't think there's any question but, about it. But what are you, what are you butting, for instance? Well, he lost another Super Bowl, and at the end of the day, I mean, you saw it in his face. He looked – it was interesting to see his face after this loss compared to his face versus the two Giants losses. The Giants losses, it felt like everything was slipping away from him. You know, he felt like, I'm never going to win another Super Bowl. And he, yeah, he 46, had one was, once and, 46 was his lowest moment after the second Giants one, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it, 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 you could tell that he wasn't positive he would ever have another chance to win a Super Bowl. And then after this one, it was sort of like, how dare someone take a Super Bowl away from me? And I, I, I mean, it, it he, he looked more angry than he did sad. And it, it makes you, it makes you think that Tom Brady, that anger to me is more likely to fuel. And I'm sure Bill Belichick has it too, more likely to fuel a return by the Patriots a, you know, by, by all parties involved who aren't leaving for other jobs um, and a dominant performance by the Patriots next year, than maybe a, a victory would be like, I think a victory and if they win, maybe they talk about walking, maybe some of them talk about walking away. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it didn't happen, but it just Brady, Brady did not look like a guy who was going to go back to his house and have his wife convince him that he was walking away from football anytime in the next 365 days. No, he and he was sensational. I mean, that's one thing. You know, I haven't seen him play live uh, since a year ago. The bottom line is, I was sitting there and I looked at Jamie Eisenberg and I said, "My God, he's still throwing BBs." I mean, those, that that ball comes out of that hand and it's on top of the receiver in a hurry. He's he's, he's one of those guys who might be getting his arm might be getting strong. I know we there were times next this year where we said, "Ah, maybe his arm isn't the same." Uh, it was on Sunday. I, there's no doubt about it. He was throwing rockets. Um, and, and look, he's doing it without Edelman. He's doing it without, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks goes out early in the game. I mean, the guy, the guy is special to create matchup problems, and they do a great job coaching him up, too. So, bottom line is, he's still a phenomenal player. I want to get to, you know, you mentioned that, uh, the Patriots and their defense. Oh, you know, you guys know, I've been champion number one about the Chandler Jones thing, Jamie Collins, Akeem Hicks, and you can't <laughs> let good football players go out the door and it consistently win. Look, the bottom line is Brady has cured a lot of their ills, but I think for the first time in a big game, it showed up in a big way that there were not a lot of good football players on the defensive side of the ball for the New England Patriots. It should have showed up last year if the Falcons had done what they were supposed to do. We would have, we would have had this conversation last year, but they ended up winning the game because the Falcons choked down the end. But you're 100% right about that. I mean, this defense was atrocious. I mean, horrendous. They lost and, and Brady threw for 500 yards because their defense was so freaking bad. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's just it one was, of those situations where you can't let you 
can't let good players go out. So look, he's, they're arguably, Belichick is arguably the greatest defensive coach of all time when it comes to scheming things. And he's done a fantastic job with this group. They're complicated. They throw a lot of looks at quarterbacks. They, they, they can do things up at the line of scrimmage to get creative and get the pressure. And they, they had a run there in the middle of the season where they showed improvement against, you know, quite frankly, not some great offenses. But the bottom line is they got to get better players on defense. You can't just piece in Ricky Jean, Francois, and pick them up off the street, and Eric Lee, and pick them up off the street, and guys like that, and think you're going to win up front in the front seven. So to me, they have to go out and get some players. I, yeah, and I thought it was interesting, too, that, you know, I mean, the Eagles defensively weren't very good either, right? <laughs> no. But but certainly certainly the Patriots, you know, we expected the Eagles' defense to help them win if they were going to win, and they they really just had that one play in terms of getting pressure and generating the strip sack of Brady. But, yeah, the Patriots had the Patriots had nothing. I mean, they had nothing when it came to slowing down Nick Foles. They had nothing when it came to slowing down the running game. There were a few plays they made down the field um, in terms of in terms of stopping. You know, like there's a, a, a tip by Eric Rowe, I think, in the end zone on Alshon Jeffrey. And there was the interception that was pretty lucky that it, that it ended up being the Patriots ball. That actually could, it wasn't that far away from ending up being another another Eagles touchdown. You should have caught yeah, it. I mean, should have caught that ball. Yeah. Yeah, at the very least, it should have been incomplete. And, I, you know, I think, I think you're right, Pete. You can't. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you, you follow the Patriot way model, but at a certain point, you need to have those guys who can step up and, and, and have big games. And so many times, you can go back and look at, go back and look at the last two Super Bowl wins for the Patriots, right? They're, they're two of their last three, and those two, th- those two wins could have and should have been losses, if not for. They just say two or three just enormous defensive plays, whether it was Dante Hightower um, sacking Matt Ryan, whether it was Malcolm Butler, you know, jumping the route, um, you know, whether it was Dante Hightower stuffing Marshawn Lynch. You know, they've gotten these big plays from guys who embody the Patriot way. But at a certain point, you do need to have that upper echelon talent that can take over games in those big spots. All right. Now and they were without it. They were with, they, one thing. They were without yep. Hightower, who was hurt. So that 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 matters too. I mean, they, they would if they had Hightower on the field, it might who knows it might be different. So. All right. So let's. So we briefly touched on the Malcolm Butler situation. I want to get back into that here. So let's just say, for argument's sake, that Malcolm Butler missed the flight, right? Which 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 happened, right? And let's say that Malcolm Butler's been a malcontent, and I have no idea if this is true or not. But let's just say that Malcolm Butler gave Bill Belichick a reason to want to sit him down in this game. Once it once it hits the point, right, where Foles is he's carving them up like a piece of Swiss cheese, and Eric Rowe can't guard Alshon Jeffrey, which is not bad on Eric Rowe. He's not as good as Alshon Jeffrey. At what point, if you're Bill, do you swallow your pride and say? All right, maybe this guy's a knucklehead. And I don't know if he is or not. Let's just say that he is. Maybe this guy's a knucklehead, but we're trying to win a world championship here. Like, it seemed like pride maybe got in the way here for Bill in that particular decision. Because you can't tell me that a guy that played 98% of the snaps on defense this season couldn't have come in and made even a slight difference, especially given his big, big game pedigree. That whole thing was weird to me. Yeah, and then there was talk of he had a little he had the flu and... Whatever. Look, the bottom line, I, I have my binoculars on him for a lot of the game. He was standing over there with his helmet on, and he was not happy. He couldn't understand what the Did heck was going crying? on. Did you see him crying pregame, Pete? Because I know you're at the game. 
So during the national anthem, he's standing there, and one of the Patriots has his arm around him in the end zone while the anthem's playing, and he was bawling, like with his hand over his eyes. So okay, he got told, he got told like right before the game started. Yeah, and, yeah, because Eric Rowe said he said they had no earthly idea that that was happening, and they weren't ready for it. It was it was a bad decision by Bill, unless something really really bad happened during the week that we don't know about. Uh, you know, you heard that, that some. There's some people I talked to said that the Butler has blown a ton of assignments in recent weeks and he wasn't putting his head in the playbook. They were concerned about that. He has been a malcontent all year. Remember all the stuff that went on with him, you know, in his contract and everything else. So, um, yeah, I, but still, you don't do that to the rest of the team in that situation. It, it, what was it like in, uh, you guys might not remember, but remember the Titans? Remember that movie? There was a, they, they benched the kid and the other kid went over to him and I think it was Ryan Gosling played the kid. He goes, I can't cover him. Get him back in the game. We need him. Well, that's what somebody needed to do to Malcolm Butler. They needed to get him back in the game. And the players needed to go to Belichick and say, look, we want to win this title. Get him back in the game and then deal with it. I thought that Tom Curran said it best. He said on Twitter, he goes, this must be an upper decker situation. Like that's the only explanation I have is Malcolm Butler upper decked Bill Belichick's toilet in the, in the Super Bowl hotel. Like how else, how else do you explain the decision to do that? Why was it not a let's just bench him for one half situation? And why would you do it right before the game? There, you know, like you said, there was talk that he missed a, missed a curfew. There was talk that he um, you know missed the missed flight the plane to the he Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like all of that stuff is bad. But bench him for the first quarter. Bench him for the first half you know, make adjustments. They made adjustments on offense, clearly. You know, they started targeting Gronk in the second half. Why would they not make those adjustments on defense to try and improve their opportunity to win a Super Bowl? I, I get that the team, you know, that the that the player can't be bigger than the team, but golly, I mean, you, you know, you have to sort of wonder, did Bill Belichick's decision to keep Malcolm Butler on the roster this offseason and to not trade him to the Saints – come back and bite him in the, in the worst possible spot because instead of having Butler, he could have gone out and gotten somebody else and, and developed him for that spot, and, and he had to bench the guy on, on, the, on the biggest stage. That's not what the Patriots do, right? The Patriots don't go to the Super Bowl and lose their focus over a cornerback a, a who's going to leave in free agency missing a plane and, and not being ready to play and then getting benched right before the game. That is the, that's what other teams do. It seemed to personal see it almost, right? Like there, was like a, there was like a personal element in this almost, right? Like they tell him like right yeah, before the sure. game. I, I, the whole thing was just ludicrous. And, you know, like the hallmark of Belichick teams are obviously defenses, but that's always been what he said. Defense is special teams, right? That's what you want to be sound on. Last year in the Super Bowl, they got bailed out big time by the fact that the Falcons and the greatness of Brady, of course, bails him out like always. When they ran that stupid onside kick last year in the Super Bowl in the third quarter, and then this year on the final kickoff, they run that rid- ridiculous whatever reverse or whatever that end around on the yeah. kickoff that they almost fumbled. Like, like how about this? You've got the greatest quarterback ever. Put the ball in his hands and let him go down the field to try to win. What the hell was that? Like, Bill's gotten away with. I- I'll tell you. All right, the first three Super Bowls that they won. You can make the case that the Rams maybe should have beaten them there, Spygate, whatever. I felt like the Patriots deserved to win that game. I felt it watching it. I still feel like that after the fact. They were clearly the better team against the Panthers, and you give Carolina credit for hanging in. They were whoa, obviously the better whoa, team. They whoa, were. Whoa. The year they beat the Panthers, they'll be the better team than the, the Panthers. Panthers. That's not an insult. The, pa- 
the, the Panthers were winning until John Casey kicked out of bounds. I mean, they were winning. They tied they, the game. They tied the game. They were winning. I mean, well, I mean, look, Tom Brady kicked the field goal. The Patriots, Tom Brady the Patriots, were, the Patriots were the better team. That well, well, the Patriots were 14 okay, right, right. that year. It's not an insult to the Panthers. Right, New right. England was better. Okay, and, they were, right, and they were clearly better than the Eagles. And then I think you can make the case that in all three of the Super Bowls in this current dynasty run, they should have lost to Seattle and got bailed out. And Bill got bailed out at the end there. They should have lost last year, if not for the Falcons' ineptitude. And they did lose this one. So it's just, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, Bill's obviously, I think, still the greatest coach of all time. But there's an element of luck involved in a lot of this, isn't there, right? Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. They could they could have lost all their Super Bowls. Let's, let's look at it from that standpoint. They could have won all of them. I mean, it does take some luck. By the way, you know, I, you, 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 I, the, the end around and all that stuff, the, all the throwback to Brady, he did, what, two two trick plays against the Jaguars. You know what that tells me? I don't think he thinks his team is very good. They got here on Brady and Belichick and little else. This was not a good Patriot team. And I think the way he coached this year kind of told us that. that I, 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 I tend to agree with that. And, and... You know, you can talk about the end around on the, but the end around is so, not the end around, the, the, the kickoff return thing is so weird and curious because, yeah, if it works, you've got the huge upside of a potential jailbreak. But if it doesn't work, you just cost yourself 10 yards in like five seconds that you could have given your Hall of Fame all time great quarterback to get him in position for a Hail Mary. And they still got a pretty good look at that Hail Mary. But if you add, you had 10 yards and five seconds onto that, and all of a sudden Tom Brady is, is staring down, you know, an ability to aim the ball at Rob Gronkowski, and things could go vastly different if that's the case. I, I thought it was interesting, right, that it was basically the same exact ending of 46, except on the other side of the yep. field. The same exact thing. To Gronk, it bounces around a couple of times before falling incomplete. It could have been grabbed. Philip Dor- it looked like Philip Dorsett, the, b- the ball is going to land right in his hands, and then it got tipped at the last second the other direction into the end zone. So the Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl champions, congratulations to the Eagles organization. Congratulations to Eagles fans, including our producer, the conductor, Eric Desjardins, been an Eagles fan his whole life. Congratulations to him. And I, like I said, I find myself, you guys know, I love the Giants, grew up hating the Eagles. I can be nothing but happy for the Eagles and Eagles fans today because that team deserved to win, and I got a lot of respect for Doug Peterson and company. So that'll wrap up our Super Bowl breakdown here on the Pick 6. We're going to be back in a couple days, and we're going to recap everything else that happened. Matt Patricia to the Lions, Josh McDaniels to the Colts, the Hall of Fame inductees this past weekend. I'm sure we'll get a lot of juice on that. That's all coming up later in the week. JLC will be back for that. You know what to do. Leave that five-star review. Give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Subscribe. Uh, all the all that good stuff. At Will Brinson, at Prisco CBS, at the Custos on Twitter. We will catch you later in the week here on the Pick 6 Podcast.